From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World... The embattled head of the state's Employment Security Department is stepping down. Under Susie Levine's watch, fraudsters stole more than $600 million in unemployment claims. Half of that money has been recovered, but there are lingering questions about whether ESD could have done more to stop it. King 5's Chris Ingalls reports Levine isn't leaving public service. In fact, she's moving up to the federal level. Some critics are surprised by President Biden's choice to run the federal unemployment program since during Susie... Susie Levine's tenure at the head of Washington State's Unemployment Security Department, it's been rocked by scandal, including a huge scam by Nigerian criminals costing the state over $600 million in fraudulent claims. Levine and her husband Eric gave $400,000 to the Biden campaign and other Democratic causes over the past two years, and now she's reportedly been tapped to run the federal office that helps process unemployment claims. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home, so you may notice a difference in audio quality. My guest is Seattle radio host John Carlson, a good friend of ours and somebody who I've worked with and followed for many years. He's here to talk about Susie Levine, Biden's pick for Assistant Secretary at the Employment and Training Administration and her involvement in Washington State unemployment scam. And I might point out, by the way, that the assistant secretary has about $9 billion. It's the largest part of the Labor Department and has, I think, about two-thirds of their total budget. The reward she's been given for presiding over a disaster is truly a tribute to the Democratic Party's commitment to corruption and incompetence. As of November 19, 2020, the Washington State Employment Security Department, which she was the head of, estimates that it had paid out over 122,000 
fraudulent claims totaling over $600 million. The Secret Service suspects the Nigerian cybercrime organization Scattered Canary was involved in some of these claims. Nigerian cybercrime organization Scattered Canary began in 2008, and it's really grown to be one of the major email companies in Africa. It's had 10 years of conducting unemployment fraud, social security fraud, disaster relief fraud, and student aid fraud. Now, you might ask yourself, remember, we're just focusing on Biden's nominee to be in charge of $9 billion a year because of the superb job she'd done in Washington State. You might say to yourself, how do 122,000 fraudulent claims get paid out? And what happened in part was, due to the federal push to rush payments, the 10 to 14 day waiting period was eliminated. And some payments were sent before employers could verify or contest. And so there are things that should have been noticed. The Secret Service at its May bulletin said Washington had sent automated payments to persons outside the state, quote, all in different individuals' names with no connection to the account holder. They were sending automated payments to people outside the state of Washington to individuals who had no connection to the account holder. In fact, the out-of-state bank accounts should have been, quote, a huge red flag for the Washington state government to scrutinize payments, said the senior fraud officer at an East Coast bank that received at least five electronic deposits from the unemployment benefit of Washington state. In 2017, an updated unemployment tax and benefit system was budgeted at $44 million from the Colorado company Fast Enterprises to prevent fraud from happening. Apparently didn't stop it. So I want to turn now, John, and ask you, since you're actually in Seattle, what do you make of all this? Newt, I've been in and around the crossroads of media and politics for about 35 years. I've never seen anything like we're seeing right now, where the person who absolutely without debate, without question, ran the worst unemployment compensation system in the country just got promoted to help other states run their unemployment compensation systems. I mean, here's how bad it is. You gave us the numbers, but what really compounds it is that you're thinking, well, why weren't there any safeguards in place? Susie Levine inherited a system with safeguards. There were safeguards to prevent this kind of online fraud. They lowered the safeguards because they wanted to process more claims. They got a huge amount of claims for unemployment compensation, just like every other state. And so they lowered the safeguards, which was noticed quickly by cyber criminals. There were, I believe, six states targeted by Scattered Canary. That's the operation run by the Nigerian crime ring that you were referring to. We got hit by far harder than any of those other states. And it's because the safeguards were left down. It is far and away the biggest theft in Washington state history. 
and you would think that someone responsible for this would have tendered their resignation. That didn't happen. You would think that someone with a record like this would be fired. There were certainly calls for that to happen. That did not happen either. You would think that someone who was caught napping while this unprecedented amount of fraud was taking place would fully cooperate with the state auditor, who, by the way, is an elected Democrat. That didn't happen either. And instead, Susie Levine was able to get a job in the Biden administration. How did that happen? Well, it happened because she is one of the most successful, prolific fundraisers for the Democratic National Committee. She raised, I believe, over $8 million during the Obama campaign. She was rewarded with an ambassador posting to Switzerland. And then she comes to Washington state. She had a high-tech background, very active in democratic politics, and she's helping Jay Inslee and the local Democratic Party too. For that, she was rewarded, you know, not with a nice ceremonial post or something like commerce. She was put in charge of running the state's unemployment system. And again, everything fell apart under her stewardship. I just did the numbers. Basically, there was $74 in fraud for every dollar she raised for the Democrats. <laughs> I think you're the first person to make that connection. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at the cost to the taxpayer of Democratic Party generosity. Yeah. And as you pointed out, over $600 million in unemployment claims were paid out to criminals. And the other thing she came under fire for was her office's slow response when people were noticing this and people were bringing it to her attention, bankers and the like. And her office was just kind of blowing all that off and saying, oh, well, there might be a few problems, but we've got to get all these claims paid out. It didn't need to happen. It didn't happen in other states. Even states that were hit by this crime ring were hit by a small fraction of what we got hit with here. And then to compound it all, as I mentioned, when the state auditor was looking into this, she was getting stiff armed. There was no cooperation. All sorts of rules and restrictions and conditions were placed on the auditor that the auditor said were unprecedented and which would have been a violation of rules guiding the auditing protocols and process for her to agree to. So she tries to get the governor to intercede on her behalf and the governor started dragging his feet to such an extent that the auditor, again, an elected Democrat, Newt, issued a public letter last fall saying that she was not able to do her job and that she was not able to get some of these audits done, which she said would be due to the uncooperative attitude of the state auditor. Only when she went public did the Inslee administration finally get Susie Levine to comply. So it's been ineptitude followed by intransigence, followed by non-cooperation, followed by 
a promotion. <laughs> The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They were getting about 2,000 fraudulent claims a day at one point, and they apparently knew it. The more I've dug into this, 
the weirder it is. It makes no sense that it went on for as long as it did, Newt, that warnings were given and were ignored. You would think that they would say, why are we sending so many checks overseas? Because one thing about this Nigerian crime ring, I don't know how clever these guys were, but I mean, checks were going out across the ocean, unemployment relief. When the state auditor, Pat McCarthy, was complaining that Levine's office was making it impossible to do her job, what was Levine's staff actually doing? They were trying to say, here's what you can ask us about. They were saying, if you do meet with our staff members for an interview, we want senior staff in the room. You know, conditions were being placed on the auditor that she said would have been violations of the rules by which her office is guided, official standards. And when she would request information, the information would not be forthcoming. She said, when am I going to get this information? Well, when we get it to you. So in terms of delays, in terms of conditions on who you can meet with and when you can meet with them and how long you can meet with them and subject matter you can ask them about, the auditor finally just tossed her hands in the air and said, enough. And then, of course, she did take her case to Jay Inslee's hierarchy and said, hey, you know, this should not be happening here. And she did not get cooperation there. You would think this would be as simple as the statewide elected Democratic auditor picking up the phone, calling the Democratic governor and saying, hey, I'm trying to conduct this audit. I'm not getting any help. Can you tell your employment security director to cooperate? I mean, she's in the Inslee cabinet. Do you think Inslee was so politically indebted to Levine? Did she also raise money for him? Yes. Oh, yes. She's very good to the Democratic Party, state and federal. She was very generous to the Obama campaign. She was very good to Jay Inslee. And she donated $400,000 to the Joe Biden campaign during the last election cycle. So is she independently wealthy? Yes. Okay. She, well, maybe she, she could be asked to pay back the $600 million that was I don't sent think out she's, corruptly. I don't think she's that liquid. <laughs> Newt, I don't think she has quite that kind of a portfolio. But no, she made some money in tech. Reading between the lines, I think that she was probably interested in a political career of her own and was looking to have some real administrative chops where she could say, you know, she had run a big government office and managed a very complex program. And therefore she was ready for statewide office or congressional office herself. That's my take on Susie Levine. So is this getting much coverage in Washington state? It had been over the last few weeks. And if there's a battle over whether she's confirmed or not, that will probably mean more attention. Here's what's interesting. The Vancouver Columbian, which is not a conservative newspaper at all, called for her to be fired. Several liberal-leaning columnists have said the same thing. How on earth did she get a promotion? Why on earth was she still in this job six months after this fraud was first brought to public attention? That's the other thing, by the way, 
is they drag their feet on acknowledging the extent of the fraud until public documents brought that out. You know, for a state the size of Washington, $600 million is a lot of money. It's far and away the biggest theft in state history. The only good news here is that about 40% of the money, maybe a little more, but close to half the money was clawed back, mostly by federal authorities. They intervened with the banks and blocked the checks. I mean, how do you claw back money from a Nigerian crime cartel? Bank accounts were frozen, I guess. I also think they were able to go after some of these people involved. But again, that's still a third of a billion dollars for a mid-sized state like Washington. Huge. That's remarkable. But fits patterns we've seen. These big bureaucracies simply are incompetent. And they're up against free enterprise crooks who have a very high incentive to be clever. We have had one party rule in Washington state for quite some time. Washington has not elected a Republican governor in longer than any other state in the union. So the Democrats have controlled the governor's office since 1984. They have controlled the legislature most of that time and right now have very comfortable majorities. One party rule leads to very sloppy government, leads to too much cronyism. It leads to too much back scratching. And you have the same old people who are changing chairs in the cabinet room, occupying these offices, and you end up with really poor government. And Washington State, for all the great innovations that happen here in the private sector, Newt, is a very mediocre managed state. Government does not function very well here in Washington. Hmm. You have all the problems of Seattle. Because the last time you and I talked, we were just talking about the chaos and the insanity of the Seattle City Council. Well, that's another example where the gap, the chasm between the public sector and the private sector is so vast and wide, where you see all this innovation and all of this efficiency in the private sector that is completely missing in the public sector. And what they do is they just put together and build bureaucracies, which over time grow barnacles after layer of barnacles, and you end up with very impervious, out of touch, obtuse government. And we've had that in Seattle for a long time, and now we're seeing it at the state. And again, this is what happens with one party government. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, in California, it's gotten bad enough. You really are seeing an out-migration of people leaving the state for the first time. Do you see much of that there yet, or does the sheer beauty of Puget Sound keep people despite everything? Well, the beauty of Puget Sound brings people here, and it makes it harder for people to leave. But you know what? They're leaving. California leads the nation in out-migration. Can you believe it? California. You know, you think back during the Reagan era, it was the state to go to, the Golden State. And now more people leave California than any other state in the country. Washington in 2019 was the fifth state in the country that people were moving to. So we were in the top five. In one year's time, we went from number five on that list to number 36. What happened? Why that one year? The chop zone happened, the riots happened, 
Washington was one of the most severely locked down states. Even when there was no science to justify it, the lockdowns persisted and were more severe than almost any place else. Most of our schools are still locked down. And even though most of the private schools are open, the quality of life, taxes went up, the crime rate exploded, murder in the city of Seattle went up 61%, not over five years, one year. In one year. 61% increase in murder in Seattle. Is that expressing itself in a genuine sense of fear or is that just something people shrug off? It's something that people shrugged off for a while, but they can't ignore it anymore. And the wake up call for a lot of progressives is when all this rioting was going on throughout the summer in Seattle and Portland, it was either being rationalized or ignored. You'll recall when you and I last talked, not a single member of the city council denounced the rioters or denounced the attacks on police officers. However, when the rioting continued on inauguration night, when Joe Biden was inaugurated, then people realized, hey, this really isn't going to stop anytime soon. And you know, now there's a call for that to happen. I don't know if it will or not. I would say that between one third and one half of the Seattle City Council is pro Antifa. And I mean, they're in sympathy with the radical left. I'm talking Caracas. I'm talking Havana. I'm talking hard line left. What is a city which produced Boeing? and Amazon and Microsoft has extraordinary health hospitals, et cetera. How can a population like that end up with a third of them supporting Antifa? Because the hard left is more organized. It's more intense. The hard left is more impassioned and they pay closer attention to politics. And the people who are moderate, well, the conservatives mostly moved out of Seattle. I believe that the Democrats have taken over 90% of the vote in the city of Seattle for the last three or four election cycles. So, I mean, that's how imbalanced it is. But even moderate to moderately liberal people would try and operate by consensus or try and negotiate or... You know, they took almost like a business-like approach to politics instead of a political approach to politics. The hard left knew exactly what they wanted, who to get to what meetings, what candidates to get behind. They had a clear agenda, and that always wins. So given all of that, we're not likely to reform Susie Levine in Washington state. Do you think that the Senate should put her through a pretty intense grilling? Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, the things that you and I are talking about are things that should appall anyone who is concerned about good government and is concerned about integrity. This should not be a Democrat versus Republican issue. This is not blue versus red, left versus right. This is right versus wrong. And whether someone can basically buy her way into a job she should never have received and then be able to buy her way to a promotion after she screws up the job. Do you think either of the Democratic senators from Washington State will raise any questions? 
they will do what a lot of the Democrats around the country have done when there was all this left-wing rioting going on throughout the summer. They will look the other way. I would be shocked if they made any kind of resounding speech in favor of Susie Levine. I think they'll just quietly look the other way. Interesting. Well, she is the kind of nominee who, if the national publicity gets clear enough, she'll disintegrate. Put it this way. Can you imagine if during the Trump administration, someone who gave a lot of money to the Republican National Committee and to Donald Trump with this kind of performance was up for a prominent spot in the Trump administration? This would be front page above the fold, Washington Post, New York Times leading all the newscasts. Have any of the Seattle or Washington State papers taken an open editorial stance against her? They haven't come out against her getting the job, but they've been critical of her. No one's defended her. I don't know, as her confirmation grows closer, whether the media will speak up more or not. But again, there is no downside in opposing someone who is demonstrably unqualified for the post she is in, let alone the post she's being promoted to. And frankly, it helps us get the country to start realizing how huge the cybercrime is, which then leads you into the California case, where it's arguably almost 20 times bigger. The stuff has gone on every day, and we've just kind of relaxed into being a corrupt country. And I think it's extraordinarily dangerous to sustaining the rule of law. As always, you are enormously helpful, and I'm very, very grateful that you would take the time to share with us. I hope we can come back to you again. Something will bubble up in King County or in Washington State, and I'm confident that we'll have a good reason to, to keep chatting. You can count on that, Newt. Absolutely. Thank you. Enjoy being here. Thank you to my guest, John Carlson. You can read more about Susie Levine and the Washington State Nigerian fraud on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Slump. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penman. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying this world, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. 
Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.